Hello, I'm Kimberly Dondo, Digital Content Manager, and welcome to the In Conversation With series, a series where I speak to notable figures in the realm of financial services. Listen as they share their personal journeys, thoughts on the industry, and advice for aspiring advisors. Hello and welcome to In Conversation With. Today I'm joined by Rob Hughes, Head of Customer Experience at Railpen. Thank you for joining me today, Rob. And um, could you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got started at Railpen? Yeah, morning, Kimberly. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me on the podcast. So, yeah, so I've been with Railpen coming up four years in June. Um, mm. Worked in the pensions industry for about 10 years now. So, uh, worked on some large um, public sector schemes like teachers' pensions, civil service pension scheme, mm-hmm. and some private sector ones. So yeah, started out in in change really as a business analyst and project manager. Uh, kind of fell into the pensions industry. It wasn't a it wasn't by choice. It was applying for a job, and then uh, it's one of them things that once you're in, it's a big industry but a small industry, and you tend to um, sort of change between schemes. So. Um, yeah, I had some contacts at Railpen who alerted me to an opportunity in mm-hmm. the customer experience team in a in a proposition role. Um, yeah, was successful. I've been there now four years. Yeah, that sounds great. And I like that. Like, it's not something that you look for, but you ended up falling into. And once you're in it, you're kind of very engrossed in it. I think it's the same on my end in terms of uh, the on the journalist side. Um, I had never really thought about my pension or anything like that. But when I did start um, writing and researching about pensions, I knew how important it was um, to the point where I think um, I think my family has benefited from it because I think outside of my circle, not many people talk about their pensions. And to that, you know, there's always there's always a conversation about co- communication, comms, and how to, you know, better engage with um, members. So, what are your thoughts on how um, retirement planning can be made easier and understandable for members? So, I think I think the biggest thing, Kimberly, is is the the language that we use and mm. the information that we provide to to members and to people in a pension scheme. So um, it it can be a very jargon heavy and complex industry. And I think that historically people have have almost sort of gone out their way to make it as complex as possible. It's in the finance sector. So I think that the biggest thing for me and something that we really try hard on my team is to talk to members of the scheme in a way that they can understand. Mm. So, um, you know, we've done loads of work in this area recently. and, And one of the one of the biggest things that we've done is um, we've worked with an external provider, a language expert, to just look at the the way we write and the language we use and how we sort of construct our member communications to really make them simple and easy to understand, talk to members in a way that they would be familiar with and that would be meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that language and content is really, really important. I think the other thing for for members is give them some practical tools and some guidance materials that, that they can actually use and engage with. Um, obviously, that you know, there's a there's an increase in move to digital and to provide digital tools and services to members. So, um, for example, planning tools, simple calculators, so they can start to see um, 
where they might be on their pension journey, the type of income they might need in retirement. Providing those sort of tools are really important for members. Um, you know, and I think just try and keep the content short and concise and really pull out the key points. Um, different types of people will need different levels of information. So mm -hmm. we've kind of, it, it sounds a little bit cheesy, but we've kind of developed this thinking process of a, a snack, bite and meal approach to our content. So give the members who need something really short and sharp, can you get the key points across in a really concise way? But for those who like the detail, providing, making sure that's there for them as well. So I think for me, the important thing is engaging members in a way that that suits them and talking to them a way they can understand, engaging them at the right time. So we've started to talk about moments of truth. So mm -hmm. giving members information at the point of need. So mm -hmm. um, making sure that it's not when it's too late, when they're about to retire, for example, engaging them earlier, getting them thinking about their pension and their benefits and their planning as early as possible, and then sort of helping them in their moments of truth throughout their mm -hmm. journey. So I think it's giving them good, clear content at the right time and the tools to to help them plan a bit better as well. Yeah. And with that, I wonder if that means that you kind of separate your members into groups in terms of their generations. You know, you're saying that you're trying to use language that applies to them. So does that mean that you speak to baby boomers differently to how you would uh, send communications to like millennials and then, you know, in the future, Gen Z? Oh, how is that something that you've also been thinking of? Yeah, I mean, we it's a conversation we have a lot around segmentation and and do we talk to people in in different ways? I I think the most important thing for us is when we think about our industry, but I'm sure loads of industries are in the same boat. You've got a real broad range of different member types, um, a massive demographic in terms of the population. You've mm -hmm. got things like vulnerable vulnerable people who maybe uh, might have sort of neurodivergence or what have you. And I think for us, it's about yeah. creating a way of writing for people that everybody can understand um so rather than say well we're going to write this for people who are under 30 or we're going to write this way for people who are uh, over 50 for example or or whatever it might be it's can we write in a way that everybody can understand and engage with this content mm -hmm. and focus more on what are those really important points in a member's journey so mm -hmm. for example giving them the right content at the right level when they join the scheme what's the most important thing they need to know as a new member yeah. That's going to be that's going to be different from what you tell them two or three years from their retirement. So we think about it more in making content accessible for everybody, but also what's the most important time when we really need to tell them something. Um, mm -hmm. So thinking about it in those terms, but it's a good point and it's definitely a conversation we've had around. Should we be doing a bit more in terms of segmentation? But at this point in time, we're, we're, we're really striving from a position where language is quite complex to just getting mm. to a point where it's it's simple and people can understand it. What have you been doing to kind of demystify the jargon that is used? Yeah, so we've done a lot in this space. I mean, one of the big things we did, as I said, was we we developed that content standards framework, um, mm -hmm. working with a sort of language expert who, who are really prominent in the industry to say, um, essentially build a framework for how we build content for members to help them um to help us write in a way they can understand and then help them understand the content we we provide the other thing that we've tried to do and we and and i believe this is something that the industry should be thinking about more broadly is 
sort of creating common terms and phrases for things. Yeah. So different schemes um, will use different words to, to mean the same thing. So um, and we found that we would describe certain things in different ways. So what we've tried to do is sort of standardize the way that we talk about certain things so that we're consistent. So that from a member perspective, they're not getting different terms and phrases that mean the same thing, which could be quite confusing. So we tried to standardize and simplify by our language. And what we've also tried to do is just provide content in a, in a range of different types of formats so that it's not all just the written word. It's not all just print communications or online web articles. We try and provide um, sort of things in video content as well. So short, sharp, sort of two to three minute videos that are bite sized. People can consume and understand quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about um, our communications, we've done a little bit of work on our annual benefit statements recently to try and take them away from long complex documents to really engage in visual um concise documents that really pull out here are the key things that as a member you need to understand here mm -hmm. so it's making it simpler but also making it a little bit more engaging so for us they're, they're the sort of big things that we've tried to do um we're, we're on a journey towards um a sort of digital first type mindset as well by we want members to um, log in. We want them to use the online tools that we're providing. We want them to engage with web content. So it's a bit of a journey to sort of transition them to that. But we've had a lot of success in that space. And we find that members prefer, if they can, to use our digital services and then have things like our call center, our helpline there, just if they need that little bit extra support to talk to somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing a lot in this space. Um, but the big thing for us is getting those big moments of truth right and making sure that we give the members the information they need to know at the point of need. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what are some other effective tools you use to educate members on retirement savings? I know you said that you have the videos and the communications, but what other tools have you used? Yeah, so we sort of came up with this um, planning or guidance journey um, whereby it was almost four steps. And what we did was we sort of started to think about the tools that might enable those steps. So first one would be, Obviously, members need to understand what their, their pension is and the benefits of that and, and the actual sort of construct of that. So for that, we we provide them with uh, online content, really clear and concise guidance information. We have um, guidance booklets that are on there as well for different subjects they can read. So they, they sort of understand what their benefits are. Mm -hmm. The next stage is we we want them to start thinking about what they might need in retirement so what are they actually aiming for what's the outcome mm -hmm. that they're working towards so we built um uh what we've called a retirement budgeting calculator um which uh a, a bit of a plug here but but we won the first plsa saver engagement award for the tool uh mm -hmm. in 21 and this basically takes the plsa living standards allows a member to customize them and get an idea of the type of income that they might need in retirement so it gives them a target so it helps them understand when I stop working, this is a broadly, it's obviously an estimate, but this is how much money I might need in retirement. Um, yeah. From there, then what we try to do is help them understand where they're at on their journey. So we've got some planning tools. We've got um, our, our modeler, which takes their information and gives them an estimate of benefits when they retire. And then they can sort of tweak that and say, 
well, if I retired a little bit earlier or later, or I took a little bit more or less lump sum, or I saved a little bit more into um, our an additional voluntary contribution arrangement, what might that do to my pension savings? So mm-hmm. that's the third step. So by this stage, they know what they're aiming for. They know where they're at and what they're likely to get. Um, and then if there's a delta, the fourth step is we just try and help them understand how they can close that gap and save a little bit more. So we talk to them about our additional voluntary contribution arrangement called BRAS. We've implemented some light touch financial wellness tools so members can sort of get an idea of maybe how they can free up that extra little bit of money and just make it relevant that this isn't about saying, well, you need to put another, you know, hundreds of pounds every month away. Even if you just put a little bit extra in, this is the difference it can make when you Mm. come to retire. So just making it sort of realistic one of the uh, we use loads of different sort of um, analogies and ideas but one the team quite like is sort of just equating that if you just didn't buy that cup of coffee every week mm. what would that look like in 30 years time so just little things like that to make it practical and and sort of make members think oh this isn't about putting in thousands and thousands and thousands it's about if I do a little bit more it can make a difference yeah yeah, I think that is very important because you don't kind of, you probably when you are younger, I'm thinking about some people that are around my age, they probably aren't thinking too much about their retirement. They're just thinking of the now, maybe trying to buy a property, settle down and stuff like that, but they're not thinking about what their life will look like when they are retired. If if some people might not even have that thought of ever being able to retire, which is honestly terrible. But why would you say it's more important than now than ever um, that uh, members are clear about their retirement and the communications surrounding that are clear as well. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on one of the big things there, I think, Kimberly, is that um, more than ever, we're competing for time and attention is one mm. of the things. So people have more things to think about. Um, people are generally sort of living in the now and thinking about the the issues they've got this week or this month. And then, as you said, in some cases, to get people to think about an event that will happen in 20, 30, 40 years time is a challenge in itself. So that mm. that's one of the big issues. You, you're competing for people's time. There's so much to grab people's time now. Uh, and people are more time poor than ever before. To get somebody to spend even 10 minutes thinking about something that's going to happen in the future something that's very difficult to to even think about is really hard obviously you know in the current moment we've got um cost of living increase and and people are now becoming more sort of financially aware and financially conscious um so it's really important that people do understand that although it's in the future planning now and just taking that time to think about what that might look like is really important and obviously the implications of if somebody's tempted to maybe uh, uh, opt out of their pension scheme and, and save those pension contributions that that might give you a little bit more today but actually what's the impact um, of the future mm. I think the other things are I think um, and we don't see this so much in our industry but I think it happens more broadly people change jobs more frequently yes. so I think that concept of a job for life like, for example, my parents are in the civil service and always been in the civil service. I just don't think you get that so much anymore. So what you've probably got is people with different pension pots um, across a range of different jobs. So it's helping them understand 
Um, and, I, you know, we, there are things sort of coming in terms of dashboard and other things which will sort of alleviate some of these challenges. But how that all hangs together and actually what does it mean to you in terms of your retirement? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think about my experience with some of the schemes I've worked on, you you get you get schemes change benefit structures so uh schemes and 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 ours is no exception generally get more complex as time goes on mm-hmm. so you've got this kind of coming together of um people have got financial challenges now so they're thinking of what they're doing today it's a complex subject already that's getting more complex not only that but their time poor and pensions probably goes to the bottom of the things that they're thinking about that day week or month mm-hmm. and you bring all those things together um and you know trying to get the pension message heard in amongst all that is quite a challenge so the the most important thing is that when you do talk to members it's it's simple it's clear it doesn't take too long for them to get the message or else what what you can do is have the opposite effect is that members can see something that's complex and they disengage and think that's too complex i can't deal with that today i'll think about that again in the future by which time it, it you know, it could be too late in terms of their retirement planning. Mm-hmm. So we've got to engage members earlier, but in a way that fits in with everything else they've got going on. And this is just another question that I just kind of thought of when you mentioned the pensions dashboard. Do you think that it, when, you know, it is fully in place, it'll be something that might boost engagement because people will be able to see, you know, all of their different pots and start to have a visual guide to help them see like what they currently have and maybe look into what they will need when they get to that do you think that's something that will be beneficial yeah i mean it's it's hard to say with these things exactly the impact it's going to have and a lot will be dependent on the way it's communicated and the way it's it's promoted and the the um and then how much exposure it gets. But taking the theory as just that, the concept of it, I think particularly for members who may have worked in an industry 20 years ago, mm-hmm. having having one place where they can actually say, oh, yeah, I did work there mm-hmm. and I have got a pension pot there, it, it can only be a good thing to to get members in, engaged and, and thinking more broadly about all of, the, all of the different pension pots they've got. So, yeah, I think it is a positive obviously dependent on how well it's it's promoted and communicated and how clear it is and and how easy it is for members to use yeah well that is i think all the time that we have today but it was really great talking to you rob i really enjoyed our conversation yeah no thanks for having me on kimberly always happy to talk about member communications and engagement yeah great Thank you for listening to In Conversation With. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our new content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition, Money Marketing Magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. See you next time.